0: Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Soon to be Chag Sameach. I'm not going to talk about Israeli elections anymore. I'm done. <laughs> but uh, there was one cute element that came out from uh, well, the past week or so. As you probably know, uh, Israel has one of the most aggressive and successful vaccination policies uh, dealing with Corona. And the, uh, their Corona czar, who's in charge of public health policy, administration and the management of vaccines and whatnot, he said that about uh, two weeks ago when the Israeli government began to give notice to people that things were going to be opening up, going back to normal, schools, restaurants, stores, businesses, everything was really beginning to open up and they were giving people proper notice that the Corona Tsar was getting flooded with emails and phone calls from people asking if he could delay the opening up of the society until Passover was over. They <laughs> said they didn't want to host people at their home. So uh, while we lament the fact that our places are closed, and it is indeed sad, uh, we easily forget all of the, um, all the, uh, all the associated stress and worry and shopping that went along with having 10, 15, 20, 30 people at your Passover table. I just thought it was funny because literally his office was being flooded with messages. But since uh, today is Shabbat Gadol, the Shabbat that precedes Passover, different interpretations as to why it is called Shabbat HaGadol, which means the big or the great Shabbat. And that different interpretation of what the word Gadol means, in fact, is ripe for a lot of different interpretations. According to one interpretation, the word gadol means great. And what's great about it? According to rabbinic legend, that on this Shabbat, it was the first Shabbat in the history of the Israelites being in Egypt since their slavery had begun, that they were able to observe Shabbat. Because before then, they worked all the time. According to another interpretation, the word gadol doesn't mean great. It means big. And what's big about this Shabbat? Unlike today, <laughs> um, it used to be that rabbis would only speak in the community twice a year. Yes, the good old days, my friends. He would only speak twice a year. The rabbi would be chosen to speak on Shabbat Shuva, the Shabbat before Yom Kippur, uh, to give... You know, words of encouragement and reproach to the community that they should improve themselves. And secondly, on this Shabbat, because the laws surrounding the preparation of one's home uh, for Pesach is so involved and so demanding that the rabbi would spend uh, traditionally hours going through all the appropriate laws to the community as to how they're supposed to observe Shabbat. Rest assured, the rabbis speak all the time now, and today will not be long... It will not be big, but I hope it is gadol. I hope it is great. So the idea I wanted to share with you, it may be, if it is of uh, some, some inspiration, perhaps you can introduce it to your Seder table this evening, either in person and maybe if you're sharing it over Zoom as well. It is the idea, which is the foundational idea of so much of what we do in Pesach that is summed up in a small little item and the absence of another item. The polarity of it. And that is the matzah and no chametz. We, of course, live in an ouvre where we take it for granted. But why is it that there is such an emphasis on the removal of chametz from everything in our midst? To the point, according to Jewish law, <coughs> um, not only are you supposed to clean your kitchen out and turn over all your dishes and clean your home, but then you're supposed to do a search for chametz, and then you're supposed to sell your chametz to the rabbi and then after that you're supposed to burn whatever little chametz afterwards you found and then after all of that you're supposed to denounce and renounce any chametz unknowingly that might be in your possession which begs the question Why is it that Jewish tradition and Jewish law has developed itself with a near obsessive, compulsive disdain for chametz over these eight days? What is it about the chametz that we must rid it out of our lives and as a result makes matzah the central item to the holiday? And so I want to share with you my interpretation. It's my answer. And the background of it begins, emerges from the very beginning of the story of the Exodus of the Israelites out of Egypt, at the beginning of the saga involving Moses and Pharaoh. And the story emerges like this. Before the first plague begins, when Pharaoh tosses away Moses and Aaron out of the palace, calling them hucksters and charlatans, when the the magicians also turn their rods into snakes, and Pharaoh laughs them out. God tells Moses that the next morning, he should go stand, just as the sun is rising, he should go stand at the foot of the shore of the Nile River. And why is this important? This is important because the Egyptians believed that the pharaohs were gods. They weren't human beings. The pharaohs themselves, because you know uh, everyone's expert at self deception, so the pharaohs believed this too. And so the pharaohs all day long wouldn't go to the washroom because gods don't go to the bathroom. They would wake up very early in the morning before sunrise to do their ablutions. And then late, late at night, they would meet the pe kolayom, they would hold in all day. And then late at night, after everyone else was in bed, they would go back into the Nile River and do their ablutions. And this is what we read in the text God tells Moses, Lechel parob go to Pharaoh in the morning, when he was coming when he was coming out of the water. And you will stand there and wait for him. So Pharaoh comes out of the water before everyone else is up in the morning. To hide the fact that he's a human being. And as he comes out of the water, there's Moses. And what do you think Pharaoh was feeling in that moment? What was he feeling? It was shock and humiliation. The shock and humiliation of what it is when someone comports themselves in a lie for so long that even they start believing it. And then there is someone else who understands the truth. They know that it's not real. And Pharaoh walks out of the water, and there Moses is. And Moses turns and says to Pharaoh... I elav, it says, and you should say to Pharaoh, Adonai Elohei Ivrim, shalchani elecha, the God of the people of Israel have sent me to you. And at that point, what should the Pharaoh said? All right, you found out. What do you want? Here are the tickets. Send all the people out. I know, whatever, okay, whatever didn't happen. And the question, of course, is, if you doubt the fact of any substance of this, who else would have known that Pharaoh was going into the water that early in the morning? Okay? Who else would have known to tell Moses where exactly to stand at the precise moment in time and that location? It certainly could have only been God. Not that I'm a big follower of such things, but you know, uh, amongst rappers, (laughs) there's a a famous rapper, I'm dating myself because I think it's quite a long time ago, Uh, there's a famous rapper rapper called Puff Puff Diddy, they call him P. Diddy sometimes, Phil Beaverman is nodding his head, thank you, (laughs) Uh, P. Diddy he's called, and this notion of Puffy, what does it mean? That he's important, he's big of himself. Hamates are things that have risen. Things that are fluffy. Things that are swollen. According to this idea, the reason why we abstain and demure ourselves from Hamates is to remind ourselves that we require humility in life. That it is not the, uh, the aggrandizement of the, the filling of ourselves with the stories that we remind and teach ourselves about, about ourselves, what we think we are. Hametz is a reminder, and the absence of it is a reminder to remember what we aren't. Humility. Softness. Listening, not talking. Understanding there are things to learn in this world. There are different arguments in human life about what controls humans. Certainly in modern psychological thought, there's lots of that. In the ancient world, people believed that your ancestry controlled your life, who your parents were. People believed that the stars, that good fortune and luck, or the gods controlled things. Put into modern words, what do people believe controls their lives? In our time, what do we think it is? How I look, or how much money I have, or what my status is. How many friends I have on Facebook, or how many likes I have on a post. But Pesach, the absence of chametz, matzah, reminds us. The real thing that is the center of human life that is the real moral drama, that it is the choices that we make, that make us who we are. It is what we decide to do. It is who we decide to be that is the central idea. Not the great puffery that we fill ourselves with, but the humility that flattens us to understand our place and the drama that we bring to this world. Everyone, a Shabbat Shalom and a Chag Sameach with lots of matzah and no chametz for at least eight days.